1: I need to make sure the Arsenal badge is showing on the screen. You're not even the Brit. Get out of here. I no, dude Devin, I've been following Arsenal longer than I've known you.
0: Okay, fair. Totally fair.
2: You're not even the Brit here. Like you're not you're not British. You're I'm you're the Ted Lasso of the show. You're just an listen I, <laughs> That's very fair.
0: Listen, <laughs> I'm not a Brit, I'm British.
2: Let's talk about movies. Huh. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan I'm Ryan And I'm Devin And today we're continuing our journey on some of our favorite films from the year 2022 With Ryan's pick, All Quiet on the Western Front Um, But before we do that we like to talk about things that we've watched in the past week in pop culture. Um, this week, we all have something. I, ha- I have to be, a, I have to be the, the, the show off and have two things to talk about. Look at you go. Uh, uh, the first one, I want, I'm i going to start us off to this week with uh, a film that's kind of relevant to today's holiday. We're recording this live on Monday, which is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, and I'm going to say this, and you're going to be like, wait, why? Uh, the film's Elvis with Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Okay. Um, Woo me. There is a moment in this film that is probably one of my favorite sequences of the film where they deal with Elvis's reaction to the death of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy. Uh, oh. Because it, okay. it was when he was filming his comeback special. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he changed his special to like do a protest song in the middle of it. And it's like one of the most powerful moments of the, of the film. Wow. Um, but this is on the list now for you guys to watch because I'm a sucker for a good uh, musical biopic. And this was probably one of my favorites of the last few years. Um, And it's directed by Baz Luhrmann, who we know from Moulin Rouge and Romeo plus Juliet. And I was a little bit worried that it was going to be like the hyperactive editing style that his films are known for.
0: I was going <laughs> to ask about that. <laughs> and it
2: wasn't. Uh, it's a little bit of the only, the biggest thing that Bos Lerman's f- fingerprint that's in this movie is like some of the, the songs are remixed with modern songs. Okay. So when he's doing hound dog at the County fair and like all the, the girls are looking at his, uh his hips swinging uh, <laughs> there's the, the riff of, uh, come together like the guitar riff from the solo that's in there oh weird at one there's a doja cat song in here mixed like remix with elvis at one oh. point you, during the comeback special uh montage you can hear backstreets back but it's all very <laughs> subtle and it does a very good job they do a very good job i think of remixing the like just here and there like it's not every time that he performs its remix it's like for montages and transitions and all of that stuff. So, wow.
0: So I know there's this, there's a song in that I'm actually really interested in and I don't know if you caught it cause I don't know the name of the song or where it is, but I know that the band monoskin they're an Italian rock band does a song specifically for this movie. And that's like my biggest draw to this movie because like Baz Luhrmann alone doesn't like make me want to do it, but I really like monoskin and I was wondering if, if that, Song was during a memorable moment. I can look it up if, if you don't remember.
2: Uh, I don't remember. Okay, so they do a version of one of the songs that I'm talking about in that comeback special.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So, if I can
2: dream, yeah, because yeah. that's the that's the protest song. So I'm I need to listen to that on the soundtrack. I don't. That's not in the movie, but it's on okay, the soundtrack. Okay, fair. Along with Stevie Nicks, Chris Isaacs. Um, wow Yeah uh, Eminem and uh, CeeLo Green have a song In the end credits
0: Did not expect that
2: But it's a great tribute to Elvis I'm not a huge Elvis fan but I really enjoyed this this song Or this film and I've been listening to the soundtrack since okay. so. That's
1: what I've been waiting for To hear someone say to get me interested in it
2: mm-hmm. yeah. The
0: soundtrack
1: Well, Well no I mean that Hey I'm not that big of an Elvis fan yeah. But it's good. I've been waiting for someone to say that. And so far up until now, I've only heard people go, Oh, I love Elvis. This was perfect.
0: Okay, fair.
1: And I am not I've got other issues with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, if it's I good, also, then yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah.
2: Yeah. I was really impressed with how they handled his uh reaction to the Martin Luther King stuff. So that's why I brought it up first nice. today. Um, yeah. But I do want to say part of the reason I, I start I watched it this week is because of the passing of his daughter, and yeah, that right. yeah. that made it a little bit harder to watch the scenes with her. She's like she's very little in it, so and she's not in it much. But mm-hmm. it's still like you look at everything that happens in this, and you're like, oh wow. Um, yeah. Plus, Tom Hanks is a villain. Whew. Is Man. he good as a villain? Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! I mean, I mean, the other only other time he's played a villain is Woody in Toy Story. So,
0: (laughs) wait a minute. What is a villain in Elvis's life? Is it like a bad record producer? It's his
2: manager. Um, I'm not going to say much. Yeah, his manager is pretty, uh, pretty messed up. So
0: I didn't know that. I didn't. I don't know anything about Elvis's life. To be fair.
2: Okay. Yeah, Um, I know
0: that he's not dead, and I know that he's currently doing state fairs in Iowa.
1: that's really all this point he is i mean
2: his wife's not
1: yeah but that's fair uh if you look at the year that he was born versus the year that she was born that makes sense for her to be alive not so much for him (laughs) (laughs) also fair that's all i'm gonna say on that topic with between him and his wife
2: (laughs) 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 okay um moving on i forget what i pulled next uh it's Devin. Devin, what did you watch? All this right. Week? <laughs> so I
0: watched uh, the 2002 movie "The Menu," directed by
2: 2022. Nope, 2002.
0: <laughs> yeah, the 2022 movie uh, "The Menu," with uh, directed by Mark Malloy, stars Ralph Fiennes, Anna Taylor Joy, and Nicholas Holt. Do you guys know anything about this movie before I I start talking about it?
2: I know very little. It it was between this and Elvis the other night so oh boy okay. ryan
1: uh kirsten really wants to see this movie i've seen the trailer like three times um yeah i'm i am i am very much interested in it but this is one of those movies that 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 like is on one of our back burners to watch together at some point so okay i'm, I'm um, going to assume that might be happening sooner rather than later it will <laughs> it will be happening sooner rather. i'm definitely going to get
0: you guys to watch this there's one thing about this movie that I didn't know going into it. And I, oh boy, like I, I wasn't ready for it. And it, it like, had I known this going into it, which is why I want to rewatch, had I known this going into it, I think I would have appreciated it a lot more and not just, wow, this movie's weird for like two hours. Oh. But one of the producers in the movie is Will Ferrell. This is a horror dark comedy is what it is. And that's all I'm gonna say about it to prep you guys for it because I don't want to ruin a single single second of this movie for you.
1: Yeah, the the trailer yeah. screams dark comedy. Oh it just my, absolutely gosh. screams
2: dark comedy.
0: So there were times I like sat there and I'm like, that was a really funny scene. Why did I not catch that it was funny when that was happening? <laughs> so yes, okay. I cannot wait for both of your reads on it.
2: Oh boy. I'm excited okay. to, to check that out. Good, 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 um, good. Ryan, how about you? What what do you have?
1: Okay, so I have uh, Pray for the Devil, which is, again, a 2022 movie. Uh, Kristen watched it, loved it, was like, you're going to like this. I was like, okay, because like, I trust her judgment on this because she's like my filter <laughs> for this type of stuff. And um, it is on my top, like, I don't know, top seven, top six, however many... Of my favorite exorcism movies i've ever seen it's one of them at wow uh, is at this point uh to read the like one sentence thing that imdb has mm-hmm. a nun uh uh a nun prepares to perform an exorcism and comes face to face with a, a demonic demonic force uh with mysterious ties to her past hmm. it's basically the whole thing about like a woman in the Catholic Church doing something that no other woman has done for like 600 years. Um, and the guy from Resident Evil, the one that gets sliced up into little cubes, if you know what I'm talking about, that actor. Nope.
0: I know what I do, I just can't picture his name. I know exactly okay. who you're talking about. Okay,
1: he plays like a... a a, um, a exorcism professor. So there's this whole like Catholic church teaching priests how to do exorcisms. She inserts herself in that process because she has a connection with like the victim or as okay. what they call the patient, because they definitely uh-huh. throw a medical view on this as well. Interesting. OK, so like they're in a hospital that the Catholic church runs and it's oh. a legit hospital because they try to do everything medically they can before they get to exorcism.
0: Sure. That's
1: good. I is, actually kind of like that. It's going on the list at some point. It good. might be in like six, seven months before I get to it, but it's definitely going on the list.
2: Yeah, save, save I, it for like yeah. Halloween. So,
1: so uh, I've got many horror films coming up, Alan. So, I mean, there's going to be, believe uh, me. <laughs>
2: I like okay. a good horror
0: movie. I'm excited.
2: I watch horror movies when you make me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we talked a lot about films from nine uh, 2022. I'm going to take it back a bit. Um, as you guys know, as, as you both know, I've been rewatching Star Trek, the original series. Yeah. I finished that last week. Wow. So I, I, watched Star Trek, the, I watched Star Trek, the motion picture director's cut. How was it? Um, so I've seen this movie before and oh, I want to oh, talk about, uh, I, I, I have some thoughts on it. Watching, having watched the original series one, okay the director's cut that they re-released last year. So I guess it kind of is a movie from last year, whatever. Um, (laughs) They cleaned up a lot of the CGI. um, And I've never seen the director's cut before. I've only seen the theatrical version. So I don't, I'm not going to go into all of the details on that. Mm -hmm. Having watched the whole original series, the, the bit of this movie that I've always made fun of where it's, Kirk and Scotty on the shuttlecraft going over to the Enterprise, and it takes ten minutes. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> shots of the Enterprise from the outside. Yeah, I never got that before. Having watched the original series, I was able to think about it like, okay, so you go over ten years without these characters on this ship. Yeah, mm. and this this is them reintroducing the Enterprise. I'm like, you know, I get it now. I you, it earns that moment. And I've, I've wow. given this film so much flack for that. um, But it works for me now. I mean, the rest of the movie is still boring, but it works <laughs> for me.
0: So you you don't think it copies Kubrick too much? Because that's like the one thing I know about this movie is you both said it copies Kubrick too much to the point where it's boring. I,
2: I don't know if it's just because the director's cut uh, shorted, short, shortened some of the shots or not. But oh. it it still has a little bit of that. But it's... It's more forgivable when you're when you look at it from the lens of. Okay, so these characters are back. Here's the Enterprise. It's kind of like the the yeah. Falcon coming back in Star Wars. So fair, okay. Live long yeah. and prosper.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh... Now hold on. Would you make us watch the director's cut? So let's say we get to that movie. Are you having me watch the director's cut or theatrical?
2: Uh, I, I'd probably, well, it's weird because HBO max has both, which is weird. Oh, strange. Um, I, w- I would say we'd watch the director's cut. Okay. Just because it's a little bit, it's cleaner now that they restored it. Okay.
1: Um, so when the, uh, when the travelers get melted in the transporter beam, um, is the CGI on that a little bit better? Because in the theatrical cut, they just look like melting potatoes. <laughs> they, just... <laughs> uh, they don't really show much. They don't show
2: much. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, honestly, Devin, it, to your answer, if I was going to make you watch this movie, I would. I wouldn't, and I would make you watch Wrath of Khan.
1: <laughs> That's awkwardly.
0: A... I've seen yeah. Wrath of
2: Khan before. So
1: have you so seen I the one with the guys. whales?
2: Yes. Yes, I have.
1: Uh, okay, Voyager. Okay. Have you
2: seen the one where Kirk says, "What does God need with a starship?" That no. is
1: literally the best line out of all of the Star Trek movies. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> because the context. Because I mean, like they're actually talking to God, and he says that in front of God.
2: And uh, I think the th- the best line in all of the Star the original Star Trek films is, "Hello, computer." <laughs> That's
1: true too. <laughs> yeah.
2: So wow. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to make my way through the Star Trek series, so be wow. t- tune in later for more thoughts on the original Star Trek films, because I'm going to watch them all. So, Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, on that note, let's get into today's main topic, Ryan's pick for the week, the Netflix 2022 film, All Quiet on the Western Front.
1: Yes. Okay. So, um, this is a complete and tone shift compared to the movie movies we've been doing. And then I bring probably the most depressing movie we've covered in a little bit, I would say ever. Ever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the movie chronicles four friends go, uh, uh, who are German who go into the German army to help fight world war one. Um, and it does not pull away from the horrors of World War One. So, for a, just to give you an idea, uh, World combat ta- combat tactics was still stuck. It was still closer to Napoleonic tactics, uh, where a bunch of men walk up with rifles, stand in a line, and shoot, and then they just walk closer and closer to each other until one side was completely diminished. Um, They were still stuck in that mindset when this war started, Um, but they had, I mean, not modern for our standards, but like modern technology when it comes to uh, weapons. And it was just horrific what what um, ended up happening. And this movie on the Western Front Chronicles, um, probably the worst um, part of the, the front lines, um. It was a movie that I saw a trailer for. I had no idea that it was a foreign film until I actually started watching it, um, and I caught some of the uh, the the lip uh, the uh, uh, I guess the the lips. I want to say lip sync, dubbing, but that's not the it. Dubbing. The dubbing. Thank you. I, I I lost the word for a second, <laughs> um, and I was actually pretty. I normally hate that because the story can change dramatically whenever you change it from one language to another, but I did some research on it, and they didn't really mess up the core of the story when yeah. it came to, to the translating. Um, I fell in love with this movie. It made me think. It made me feel. I think I cried twice during this movie the first time I saw it, um, and I'll talk about those points when we get to those, um, but what did how was how your guys' experience watching this?
0: You're gonna go first alan you go, you go ahead this okay i have an. we'll get to all of it i have so much to talk about about this movie i even have an alternate title for this movie uh but this movie like wrecked me like this movie like ruined a whole day of my life it was so <laughs> good and so well done but then afterwards i just like was sad like just because of like, I have been thinking about this movie on and off since I watched it, like, two days ago. It hasn't really left my mind in a way that, like, I think means it's a profoundly good movie. Okay. I don't know that I will ever watch this movie again. Okay. Like, but I loved, I mean, loved is such a hard word because of how, like, unflinchingly it shows some of its graphic nature and some of some of its, its nonsense. But, like... I love. I really enjoy this movie. I encourage everyone to watch it at least once. I think the German voice in World War One is a challenging voice to base a movie on. Uh-huh. And I mean, I know that it's based on a book and I know that it's based on, this is a remake, but like, it's a challenging voice, especially to gain sympathy for these characters. But like, it's worth the watch a hundred percent. But in, I, I don't know if I could watch it again.
2: Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Um, I've never seen the original uh, Mm -hmm. film adaptation, never read the book and never saw the remake that they did in the seventies. But when I brought this up to my wife, like saying, Oh, Hey, I have to watch this for the podcast. she's like, Oh, they, they remade that. Like Mm -hmm. why? Um, Because it's so, it's such a brutal, brutal story. Uh, And I think the film does a great job of, showing the, the horrors of war with modern filming techniques that you didn't have mm-hmm. in 1930, because it was 1930 mm-hmm. and if Babylon taught me anything. They didn't know what they were doing with film and sound back in 1930. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But here, like it's, it's like two and a half hours of the opening scene of saving private Ryan. It's like that kind of brutal for like the whole time. And it, it, Yeah. It was a hard watch. Um, And I almost like held off on watching it until today because I thought when it said it was in German that the Netflix was going to play it in German. I didn't realize it was dubbed until I started watching it. Oh, wait. Did you guys watch it in English? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how it starts. That's the the way it's set.
0: Oh, over here it starts in German. I watched the whole thing in German.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I mean, for... I mean... To be honest, out yeah. of out of out of out of the three of us, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that you are probably the safest person for that to happen to.
0: Oh, yeah, because I know most of Ger- I, Dutch and German are like cousin languages. So like I knew most I mean, I watched subtitles, obviously, but like I knew most of what they were saying anyway. OK. Yeah.
2: Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Devin. Oh, Devin. You need to learn how subtitles work. Or language, like your set, language settings work because you, oh, this is the second time in like six months you've had issues with this.
0: Well, no, no. So this time I at least understood what was happening in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> this one. Yeah. Cause so I actually clicked on the language. Cause I was like, do they offer this in English? And it said German. And then in brackets, it said original. And then it said with subtitles. And I went, well, now I got to watch it in German.
2: Yeah.
0: Cause I wanted the original.
2: Yeah. It's weird that it's in English here, but is going to be submitted for foreign language film. For the Oscars, I didn't know that. I think yeah. it you should win. Would.
1: Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a uh, if that was a strategic move.
2: Yeah, to get more people I in the U.S. to watch it. To be fair, it is yeah. a German produced film, so yes. I will give them that. But it still it still feels weird. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so one, it does feel weird. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to bring up. Um, And prior to getting into the actual movie and start talking about the beats and the storyline of the music, because Alan, I have a lot of questions for you about music in this, because it's kind of odd. There was a little there were some odd things that they did with music that I wanted to get your opinion on. Um, There hasn't been a lot of World War One movies, Mm. modern movies. There has been a lot of, you know, in the 1930s and 20s, uh, in the 60s and 80s, they they made a lot of made for TV stuff. Um, and back in, like I said, the thirties and twenties, they made a lot of like silver screen, you know, silent films that involved world, 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 world war one. But I would say since world war two, it's been primarily world war two or Vietnam that Mm. comes out of this country or that anyone makes anymore. Um, if it's not about like modern times. And I feel like world war one, given the political nature of why, of why the war started, um the ramifications of the after fact of that war pretty much why we're stuck globally how we are is because of world war 1 um mm-hmm. there needs to be more and i'm happy that 1917 has come out and i'm happy that this has come out and i feel like more stories need to come out um so that was my little soapbox moment
2: <laughs> as a quick for refresher for the for the audience not for me yeah uh what was the the conflict in world war Two. i know it starts off with the assassination of the archduke yes what were what were they fighting for okay
1: so there was a lot of stuff going on where that assassination happened and mm-hmm. i should have looked this stuff up and i didn't and i apologize so without the names of countries and empires and regions and territories and colonies which is mm-hmm. how you know the world was set up back
2: then. That, that, that's why i'm just asking for like the overall, yeah over mm-hmm. overhaul. overhaul so yeah.
1: germany the german empire had had um had pretty much an agreement to protect said country yeah that assassination happened in so when this assassination happened in the leader of germany got the message and he's like okay well send a regiment over Sure. To help austria. them out with their austria yeah yeah so let's send a regiment over and help them with their little civil war that's going on and then the country that was backing the opposition mm-hmm. in, in austria had ties with other countries that had the same thing so then those countries were like oh look they need help so let's send people over and then before you know it uh, countries that were aligned with France, aligned with Britain, were fighting German troops because Germany sent over troops to help with that. And it was the reason why the world started one, there was a lot of, lack of a better term, racism going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was tied into policy. And communication wasn't that, uh, uh, really wasn't circulating that well. So you had France sending troops over to fight. You know one country when they thought They'd be fighting that country when in fact they were Fighting German soldiers
0: So I asked myself This question about halfway through the not even Halfway I'd say about three quarters through the Movie I went Because like I I kind of Understood all of that like going into The movie because I I remember like very rudimentary Things about my kind of basic English course But halfway or about three quarters through the movie I went was any of what they were fighting for worth this? No. Because, like, my, I mean, I know that's what the movie's going for. But, like, no political alliance is yeah. is worth what, what that nonsense turned into.
1: Yeah, so pretty much, uh, like, whenever something happens, like, with what's going on in mm-hmm. Europe right now, it's Mm -hmm. these moments that scare me the most because it's moments like this that started world war one. Yeah. Prior to what's going on now, what was happening in Syria that scared me more than what's going on in Europe right now, because that was home because that's even closer to how world war one started than what's going on now. So yeah, uh, everything that happened between German and British and American and French troops on, uh, In those trenches had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with any of those soldiers. Nothing. And it turned into a chess game for, for the generals. That was literally it.
0: Well, this movie did an excellent job of showing that. Like, the stark contrast between what the generals were experiencing, what, like, the troops on the ground were experiencing, what the people on the train were experiencing, and what Dr. Robotnik was experiencing were all very, very, very (laughs) different.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Jim Carrey's in this? I missed that. Uh,
1: (laughs) That is, I don't know what that
2: guy's name was. That's all I called him, the whole movie.
1: I am so happy you said that because I was, because because getting to that part I was going to make the comment yeah so doctor robotnik just sent a bunch of german soldiers uh, just, just <laughs> oh. sent a bunch of german soldiers out to fight like right at the end of the war but Ugh. yeah so hold okay. on
0: I need this I need this for me then while we're talking historical context how much okay. of what happened here is true my guess far- is that the main characters are stand-ins but
1: i mean all of the main characters are stand-ins the battle mm. where they are Mm-hmm. All of that happened.
0: <laughs> okay. Gross. Everything on the train,
1: Awful. everything on mm-hmm. the train happened.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Were the croissants stale?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> like you're looking for historical context. I'm giving you context. I don't, you know, I know. stale croissant. <laughs> I know. I'm just being, just I being mean, a jerk. <laughs> granted though, a French general back then. Oh, I, I highly, highly um, expect them to say something like that.
0: Mm
1: It would be like a German soldier complaining, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Robotnik complaining (laughs) about cold sausages. It's give or take.
0: To be fair, that was still one of my favorite parts of the movie because it made me not like him even more. Because it it was intercut with this awful, awful scene. And he's like, are these croissants stale? And I'm like, get out of here. Get out of the train. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um said i watched the movie uh again today i uh this is like the second time i've seen it in like a month and mm. kind of tough to watch a second time so i didn't really watch most of it a second time i kind of like walked around and listened to it because it's hard mm. it's, it's a hard movie to watch yeah um so when the movie opens up they open up on just uh alan just like you said oh. saving private ryan they open up with the soldier go doing a charge mm-hmm. um Personally, I don't care if it's copycatting. I don't care if it gets stale, if it gets repetitive and people expect it. I feel like when you're opening up a movie to a that's a war movie that's set in a war that happened more like 80 years ago. I feel like this is a good standard to kind of get people in the frame of mind of this is how it was back then.
2: I I mean, it's the same thing Star Wars does. Like, it always opens with a battle. Yeah. Yeah. But um,
0: how effective was that that they followed the jacket
2: oh that was insane that,
0: oh what yeah. a good choice oh my gave me chills yeah. what a good charging choice. behind
1: them like i i absolutely love it like i i i love that decision it puts you right in the battle with them
0: mm-hmm. but even yeah. like after the battle like you follow them washing the jacket repairing the jacket shipping uh-huh. the jacket back and then you watch the main character Pick up the jacket and go Oh there's someone else's name in here And then you watch them blatantly lie to him Oh it must have been Too big for him and yeah. rip the tag Off and that guy's now
2: nothing
1: Like Yeah. oh yeah. Dang yeah. it um, this... it, yeah. and it
2: does a good job to show You what kind of propaganda they were feeding the, yeah. the soldiers as they were going Out like deceiving Them about what kind of war situation They were going into Um and it does a really good job of set, setting the audience up to know what kind of, like, what this character, like, helping you follow this character's journey through the film, like, from that get, from that start. Oh.
1: Yeah. And seeing, seeing it a second time, I have a lot more um, empathy for some of the German officers and characters that they showed, particularly the guy that hands him his uniform and then rips the tag off. The name off the coat. Prior to him calling the name up, that character has grief written all over him. Mm. He's breathing his um his breathing, his body language, he is sighing. He you can tell he doesn't want to be there anymore. And mm-hmm. he's just going through the motions at that point. And you can only have so many sympathy for someone in that position. Um, but yeah. Like watching it a second time, I caught some stuff like that, that i missed the first time because because Devin, I was right there with you the first time I saw this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, that's just a number. It, that's just going to be another, uh, you know, name, uh, mm-hmm. that's just going to be another name and year that someone in an office that they show yep. reading off of dog tags to do the, to do the casualty count. That was another good thing I think that they did in that scene. Cause it was just maybe 45 seconds. Yeah. Of him just like trying to clean off the dog tag and read the name and 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 the year.
0: So then I I do have to ask for both of you. Then I was watching this movie with my mom, and in the middle of it, she goes, I, she goes, "This is horrible," but they did this to themselves. Like so, I don't feel as bad. And she's like, "I understand the movie wants me to feel really bad, but the Germans wanted this." So I don't feel as bad that they're in this bad situation. And I realized how, like, incredibly challenging a viewpoint this is because, you know, we're kind of told, like, in World War One and Two, Germany is the bad guys. And essentially, we're watching Germany from the point of what we've always been told was the bad guys. Was that hard for you guys to watch? Was it harder to empathize with the characters and what they were going through, or did it not matter?
2: I mean, for me, it's still, like... The soldiers aren't the bad guys. They're being manipulated mm-hmm. into this war. They don't know. Like it's the higher-ups that are the bad guys. Like not the mm-hmm. ones sending them out to war. They're the ones who are the villains of the story. The soldiers mm-hmm. are just the soldiers. Like they're like they're they didn't want to start the war. They just mm-hmm. go with the flow of things. And th- at a certain point, yes, there is a responsibility there. But On on their part, but at the same time, it's also on their leadership Mm -hmm. more than anything.
1: Yeah. See, like, to me, the four characters going in and signing up for the army Mm -hmm. and getting that speech and going to boot camp. Put them in any other country and they're not the villain.
0: Right. Right.
1: Those soldiers. You take the higher ups, just like Alan said, the generals, the politicians, because, I mean, Germany back then, it wasn't like you had a lot of generals and a lot of people in politics when the world's war started that Mm -hmm. had a very um, like. Old century viewpoint on this stuff. Sure. And Dr. Robotnik, that German general (laughs) curses out the German Social Democrats many times because they want to end the war. Because it's a because it's a it's a change in thinking. Yeah. And prior to the, the war, Germany was that guy, that general, that one who looked like Dr. uh that mm-hmm. looked like the villain from Sonic. Mm-hmm. That was the mainstream political view in everything in Germany.
0: I didn't know that, and that part's interesting, where he's essentially <clears throat> the voice of the opposition for it. Because the movie yeah. almost plays him out just to be like the like that, that last like holdout mad general. I didn't realize that he was a stand-in for a whole viewpoint, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you had uh, I'm probably when it comes to this time period, I get Russian and German political words mm. and stuff confused. I think czars.
2: Yeah, That's so right.
1: like yeah, um, so like that type of like you know c- colonial like colonialism royalty like you know the old guard you know honor and duty and sacrifice and you know you're talking you know like 1890s 1880s europe
0: yeah
1: <laughs> honor like mm-hmm. the germans were that guy was the was the political establishment and what germany was for like 100 years prior to the war starting
0: wow yeah, see that's that adds a depth to it that I like.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, so there, so you've got you've got these kids going into the military. They have no idea what they're going to be going up against, and they finally get to the front, and it, the the horrors of trench warfare finally show themselves. Um, and then at this point, the this movie does it doesn't drag, but it. Does the four years or the two years that he's in service mm-hmm. over the course of two hours
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: at this point so it drags um and they're on the front lines that entire time I mean and they go back and forth between you know going in the back and living on a farm and then going back up to 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 the front at some point but like the front lines in those years that they this movie takes place only change maybe a couple hundred feet. Yeah, maybe a mile at most. Um, So. At what point did you guys start to um, like really connect to the to the characters in this? Because I feel like for me, it was when the whole fiasco at the farm and the goose. That's when I um, really connected with with that's when I really connected with like the main character because I'm like, Hey, they're stealing from a French farmer and they're German soldiers. This is horrible. But at the same time, I'm thinking given the type of warfare in world war one, you know, the fact that they're pretty much left to, you know, spin their thumbs whenever they're not getting shot at, I can kind of see how this stuff can happen. I don't agree with it, but I can kind of see how it can happen. <laughs> so I found it funny. And that's when awesome. I really connected with, you know, that character. Now, mm-hmm. what point did that happen with you with any of them? If it, a- I, I
2: think the look on their faces when they arrive at the 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 front and the doctor is like, "We need your trucks," and, and like they realize that this isn't going to be all for the glory as they think it's going to be. Um, I, I think that's where it started for me. And then, okay. and then, like. The, the the at night when they they shoot the, the what i guess was like a a rat or something and then he gets shot in the helmet like that was oh yeah, Ooh, the, yeah. The, these yeah. these guys know nothing about what's going on right now so
1: yeah there's um yeah he he shot pretty much a dead body that was yeah. like 20 feet from the line and he couldn't see because it, it was dead at night and it was crawling with rats all over it
2: yeah mm-hmm. um
1: yeah, Devin?
0: Uh, for me, it was it was a little after your part, actually, when they were all, like, it was the, after the 18-month jump. They were all kind of sitting around, and the guy sees, like, the three French girls. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go say hi. And they're like, yeah, don't be weird. You're not going to say He's like, I'm going to go do it. And he just went over and said hi. like, yeah. and, and he just, like, left with them. And they all sat there like, you can just do that? <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it was, like, that, like, very human moment. Because, like... I don't know, up until that point, I was like, yeah, they're in over their heads. And then, like, at that point, I feel like they started to show more of their human sides. It's when you saw the one guy was, like, keeping that bug in his little matchbox case. And, you know, you saw them, like, interact as, like, human beings. And I was like, oh, I kind of like them now. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, like the... uh, Because you've got to... So they probably all went in when they were 17, 18 years old. I think they Mm -hmm. mentioned they were 18 uh during the sign up process yeah 18 months later like none of them are 20 years old yet yeah except for the one guy that they meet on the line he's probably 21 he's probably yeah. 20. <laughs>
0: is it cat hmm is that cat uh
1: the one that tells them to stick their hands in their underwear yeah to uh beep beep because their hands are um are cold hey, yep. hey don't you don't you guys laugh i did that in boy scouts I was on a zero degree camping trip. Okay. It was the only way to keep my hands warm. I, you know what? I'm <laughs>
2: not, i <I'm>
0: not surprised.
1: <laughs> I,
2: I'm not going to make a joke. Um. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to talk about something about this movie that, mm-hmm. that affected me a little bit that I want. Okay. That I, I can't back up. I don't have the proof of this, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this. My last name's German. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Uh, Devin is yours as well. No, it's a uh, it's Scottish. Scottish, okay. Yeah. My
1: mom's maiden name is German. So, mm.
2: like my 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 family's name at some point was Von Kram. Oh. And I had the realization watching this movie that I probably have ancestors that that fought and died in this war. But I can't, I can't find any information on that online. I did find information about a tennis player who I'm very interested in learning more about because it's very, a very fascinating story that I'll send you guys the, the Wikipedia article about. But even okay. that was from World War II. Um, but yeah, so like watching these soldiers, like I kind of like thought like it, that could have been like my great great grandfather or something like it's it's not that long ago like this no. is just over a hundred years ago like and I was like on 23 and me looking to see if I could find like any family over there and, I, I, and it's weird I don't I couldn't find anything but oh, wow. uh, there's having that realization watching this like oh wow that's that's crazy so yeah
0: I think for me, it was more about the age, like the age at which they're doing this. Like, I remember me at 19. Me at 19 was not about to go fight a war. Me at 19 was about to sit down and play video games and eat pizza all day long. Like, these are yeah. very different 19.
2: The only war you were playing at 19 was Halo Reach. At at most. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, at 19. No, it would have been 22. Sitting on the, uh, oh the, the trenches of the uh, Xbox Live uh, uh, <laughs> waiting rooms to get into a COD uh, yeah.
2: game. <laughs> Ouch! Oh. Oh. So funnily enough, like since we brought up video games, after I watched this, I opened up Fortnite and played around. I was like this just feels weird. Like it, it feels dirty <laughs> to be doing this right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and totally fair and that i I feel like um that's one of the reasons why like i have no interest to get back into like uh medal of honor call of duty uh battlefield i really have no interest to get back into those games um unless they want to like i don't know redo black ops like the original one Mm um because obviously there's always an exception Mm (laughs) um and that's why i've Uh, And I feel like that's why for, like, my, like, shooter, like, war games that I've been playing is The Division because it's more science fiction. It's more fantasy. Like, it's not really, like, a classical war setup. It's more of just, like, the downfall of society and trying to, like, live in it. Because of movies like this and Saving Private Ryan um, and in 1917 and a few other movies that I've seen, like, in between then, I just... I can't get the same enjoyment out of it as I did, you know, like prior to like having kind of that realization and that kind of like critically thinking about the context of what I'm doing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And those like, let's say call of duty, for example, like I remember playing that when it was world war two and even world war one, like you'd go through with like a musket and like shoot the guy in the sub and then go into the sub. But now like, with um Warzone and just the multiplayer like it's become so toxic mm-hmm. and not even just the gameplay just the the people playing it the way they interact with each other is is toxic and it's like some of it's funny to watch like people like messing with like proximity chat in Warzone seems funny as as hell to me <laughs> uh but i I don't play it because one, I don't have time. And two is I'm not good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to think it's like as an abstraction from this though,
0: like what I had in the back of my mind is that one of my favorite like pieces of war media in a long time has been band of brothers. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. love. okay. We're not talk about that. Uh, Love band of brothers. Absolutely. Love it. But in the middle of this movie, I got a little bit mad at Band of Brothers for being almost irresponsible with war. Because I feel like to not portray war like as being this awful, it's almost like glorifying it. And I almost got mad at Band of Brothers for essentially glorifying like war as a way to advance yourself and as a way to become a famous person is go through a war. And that feels well, irresponsible to me after watching well, this movie.
2: Well, it it has to do with the mission statement of what the piece is, though, because band like you look at something of titled "Band of Brothers." And having not seen it, I can assume that it's about the relationships of the of the soldiers in the battles, like behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Yes. Like that's what it's about, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. yes, and it it does a good deal of showing leadership in stressful situations. But I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely right. It's about brothership through war,
1: and that's and. And that's why, because there's a scene where Winters shoots a kid and yep. and and I mean, and he he has to go on leave for like three weeks in Paris to get over it, mm-hmm. to get back on the front line. So, I mean, they do show that type of stuff and and kid, I mean, like an 18 year old German soldier right. that smiles at him like that's that's mm-hmm. what I'm yeah referring to.
2: I, I, I will say, though, I feel like there's enough war films and war um, series that do dive into the horrors of war, like mm-hmm. Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, both of which I haven't seen, but I can guarantee to take the war pretty seriously. Yeah. Um, cool. But then you have something like Tropic Thunder, which is like making fun of the war movies themselves. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you get to something like that for parody, unless you have so many films dealing with the horrors of war.
0: I guess that's fair. I guess that's totally fair.
2: Yeah. The
1: Band of Brothers is fine. It's good for what it's supposed to be doing. Don't, yeah. don't get mad it, at it.
0: <laughs> no, it, it. Okay. And it, to be fair, it's been a very long time since I've seen it. And I don't remember like a lot of the grittier, like horrors of war stuff in it.
1: Like yeah. I, 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 I feel like more of a an American parallel would be Saving Private Ryan to this. Mm. Which they do do a good job. Yeah, they do. What, what you know, All Quiet on the Western Front did. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a question for Alan because yes. you're more of the sound guy when it comes to t- 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 the three of us. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure and I still don't know how I feel about one aspect of the music in this movie. And I... I think I understand why they do it. Um, But like every now and then you'll just get like a real loud, sharp tone. Yeah. And like a and uh, kind of like a drummer boy. uh, I don't know what those drums are called, but like you'll get a quick like tap of like. uh, Mm Hmm. um,
2: hmm? Yeah.
1: Um... Yeah. What did you think of that? Did it take it out? Of you? Was it was was it a good setup? Did you take it out? Of you uh, Would you take it out? Would you have done something different?
2: Um, it's very Hans Zimmer esque. That's what I got from it. Um, it was weird, but I enjoyed it. Like, there's not much okay. more of a score to this. Like, there's not there's not like a violin oh. theme going through the whole thing. It's it's that, and I think that helps bring your attention back like if you're if your attention is wandering like it pulls you back into the story like it it makes you more alert it gives makes it tense for you too um but i swear i've heard those notes before like something else does that and i I could not place what it was so yeah
1: because i mean it happens at certain moments and my second time viewing um And even towards the end of the first time I saw it, I started to realize that the the sharp tone and then the snap of the drum were happening Mm -hmm. at like very critical moments in like the storyline, either Mm -hmm. before or after things were happening.
2: Yeah, I mean that's something so, I didn't pick up the first time I watched it, or I mean the only time I watched it. But um. I was
0: I was starting to like by the end of it because I think one of the last times they do that noise is whenever. And Ryan, you had you had mentioned about this part was when the general was like, "Do you guys want to leave the war as chickens or as yeah. heroes? Let's go do this really dumb thing." And then you heard like that, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, this has to be tied to like." this has to be tied to something. Yeah. And I was like a rough theory of like, it's whenever like nationalism kicks in. It's whenever patriotism kicks in. It's whenever dumb decisions are made. I mean, <sighs> it, it comes back to my, my supposed title for this movie. If anybody asks me what this movie like is, it's like a one-liner for the movie. My one-liner for the movie is just fuck around and find out is just this movie is anytime any character is like we should do a thing. <laughs> You can guarantee the thing's gonna end absolutely horrifically any
2: yeah. time. Yeah. And Devin, um, that is why we're listed as explicit on iTunes.
0: It's my fault. It's all my fault. Well, you know what? I actually I actually was like the whole this whole podcast I'm like, should I call it like mess around no. and find out? And I'm like, we're explicit, I'm just saying it. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean that's why that's why that's why we're listed as that. Like we don't Good. we don't drop the F bomb often, but when we do we make it fucking worth it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: things I mentioned before before about trying to put this movie in into context and about why like three million men died on that part of the front like where million people died (laughs) alone (laughs) um and this movie drove me to watch a few documentaries that are also on Netflix that are actually really good and I think they're also German made Oh. thing of like watching World, world uh, <laughs> Watching you know like military Docs um, but One of the Things that I uh, Like the cont- The soldiers experienced was the use of The French tanks mm-hmm. When they How they showed the German Soldiers stop them was mm-hmm. right off the bat uh, 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 uh historically accurate taking their like potato masher like hand grenades and one of the uh so one of one of the things that uh, they did was they them um the use of flamethrowers for the first time in a major war conflict um, yeah. that's unfortunately very historically accurate as well um but the use of the t- About watching the World War II doc um, I mean the uh, the tank documentary because it was about the whole history of tanks like from the beginning to the end and they have like one whole mm-hmm. episode on World War I, Um, was that uh, the front of the tanks were really armored well but the sides were just Swiss cheese oh weird yeah, uh, yeah. so you know there's hmm. that but um, one of the one of the themes that I like in this movie a lot, and it's probably in the book, it's probably in the remake. I haven't read or seen any of them. So if anybody's like, well, that happened in this one, Mm -hmm. give me some slack, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The way that they deal with the friends, the group, how they all eventually die off. Mm -hmm. Um, And the connections that they made individually with um, is, uh, is with each other and the one moment in this that um, th- out of the two moments that I cried the first time I watched this
0: mm-hmm.
1: the first time was with the main character and the French soldier yeah and it was when right after the main character comes out of his flight uh, flight or fight like you know auto like autopilot reaction, when he realizes what has transpired, that hit me more than anything else in this movie mm-hmm. did. Um, because, like I said, they're 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the the, the performance in this by the main character is amazing. The performance okay. by everyone is amazing in this. Um, and then the second time was just the whole aura of, like them having to march back to the front line at the end. Oh, and knowing yeah. what they were going to do. Because what triggered me to cry a little bit at that was when the one soldier yelled out, I'm not going. So, like, the German, like, police at the base, like, grabbed three guys. Like, they grabbed the one guy that yelled it, and then they grabbed two other guys that had nothing to do with it. And the one guy's yelling, I didn't say anything. I don't know this guy. I want to go up to the front. And they shot him anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh. yeah absolutely horrific that whole that whole end bit is so hard and I mean one of the things that got me the most was was that fight at the very end with that Frenchman and they tumble down those stairs and you're like okay I think he might get out of this and there was someone else down there and then the second main character gets stabbed yeah. they go it's 11 we're good now
1: and it's just like okay paint ball guns yeah. down like that's how they were acting
0: i would have been so upset like if i was i mean <laughs> if i was on any side of that and i'm like we yeah. have 15 minutes like what if we just take a nap or something like that yeah. whole end was so upsetting
2: Oh, I'm and, marching into war, taking very tiny steps. Like. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. whoop, I tripped a little bit. going to take me a while to get yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, my um, shoe's untied. Oh, hold on.
0: No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a doozy, one my, this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Ugh. one of the things that I like about that whole end scene was that they show that uh, uh, the rookie recruit come out yeah. of the, the mm. truck and he drops his helmet. And if you watch it, again, if you – if you ever do decide to watch this again, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever will. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will highly recommend for anyone else to watch it, but I don't I know if I go. can take a third viewing of this. Um, when, you know, he walks by him, uh, but then when they're in the grouping, listening to the baronic general give a mm-hmm. speech, that that blonde kid is right next to him. Oh. And it, he's right next to him. And then when they turn to march out, The kid's scared, and you can tell that he's like kind of a a little shell-shocked. He's like, what, the war's over. Why are we going to the front? Mm -hmm, The main character, just stone-faced, grabs him and pulls him along. Yeah. And during the charge, he's pulling him along. He's almost protecting him Mm -hmm. as best he can. Um, And I'm convinced now that that character, in the middle of that speech, knew he was dead.
0: Oh, I think so too,
1: hundred percent. And and he wanted to try to do some good mm-hmm. before it happened, and I feel like that's why he was treating that new recruit the way that he did. And yeah. I love the contract the uh, the contrast then at the end when the general um, walked up to that uh, t- to the kid and was like, you know, soldier, start collecting, which yeah. is what the main character was told after his first battle to do. Yeah. Um, And just the contrast of that, that again, the generals don't care. Mm -hmm. Like they see men in uniform. It's just numbers. It's just because that's again, Napoleonic tactics. You try to shove more men at the enemy than the enemy is forcing at you. And hopefully you're going to lose Less men to be able to overtake the other army because you're gonna have them lose more. So it's like death was just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Um yeah. No. Awful. And,
2: yeah. We gotta we gotta wrap this up. So oh, that's yeah. fine.
1: That's fine. Um, I do have to say my favorite bonding moment is when they were in the latrine together.
0: Oh yeah, and he was reading the and letter. He, was,
1: he yeah. was reading the letter. Um that's the moment I realized that the movie was dubbed. And I paused it. And then I watched it in German for a little bit. And I was like, oh, it's the same stuff. Okay, this is fine. Yeah. So then I, I, I brought it back and put it back into English and uh, and kept oh, on good. watching.
2: Yeah. So. Like, thinking that it was in subtitles last night, I was like, I don't have the strength for a German film right now. But then it, when I started watching it and it was in English, I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs>
0: they, didn't, they didn't give them German accents in the English dub, did they? Okay,
2: it, I mean, you had Daniel Broll in there who played Zemo in the Marvel movies, so he had, oh. he's German, so he has a German accent in it because he's okay. German. But it wasn't like they were all like it's all glide on the Western Front, like yeah, like was, nobody was
0: like super playing it up, right? Yeah. Okay, good. It no.
1: wasn't it wasn't like Red October where only like two of the actors are trying to pull my sausage
2: is cold. Uh, <laughs> exactly um, yeah Ryan froze again so Aww. I think I think, that, I think that means it's, time. Is it's that, time it's time to wrap this up yeah uh, so next week uh, it will be that does it for our thoughts on all quiet on the Western front because it's all quiet on Ryan's front uh, he's back <laughs> now yeah um yeah we're
1: I mean it's still uh, on your
2: recording so I'll leave it in yeah. Uh, we were we were pretty quiet in there, so um, <laughs> that does it for this week's episode on All Quiet on the Western Front. Devin, next week is not only your pick, not only my birthday, but it's also uh, your birthday. So what's it your pick? Is.
0: My pick is Glass Onion, colon, a Knives Out movie.
2: It, it pains you to say that, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. You I think want- it's such a, yeah. It's a marketing ploy. <laughs> it's fair.
1: Oh man, we're really going the gambit on like the uh, on on the uh, emotional roller coaster here.
2: Oh, wait until There's my next. There's a common next, theme. Wait really? until my next. Oh yeah, I I know okay, what my good. next one's gonna be because it's one that I, it's one that I'm surprised you haven't watched yet, and I'm I'm just gonna make you watch it.
0: Okay, right? good. You should. I'm excited. You're,
2: you're gonna have to watch it on your birthday weekend, which is like Perfect. my my present to you. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. But yeah, so next week we're gonna be finally talking about. Uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out story um, or mystery. Was it story or mystery?
0: Oh, it must be mystery or something yeah. silly like that. Uh,
2: because we didn't get to talk about it when it came out because we were on break. Mm-hmm. Just like Ross and Rachel, we were on a break. Um, <laughs> good, good. But until then, for uh, make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We're going to be post. We post all of our shows there. You can go back and watch them all. If you're watching us here on Twitch, uh, our episodes are disappearing after a week because of the new Twitch guidelines. But we're going to keep streaming here. But all of our shows will be living on our YouTube page, where we're also live every week. So uh, check us out there. Hit the subscribe button. Um, listen to. You can listen to. You have to watch this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Um. Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, Pandora—if you're into that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's amazing
1: how that app fell off the cliff. <laughs> it's yeah, my...
2: but yeah, our our like highest viewed episode, highest listened to episode last year was on Pandora. So
0: amazing! Thank you, yeah. Pandora listeners. Yeah.
2: And it was an Avatar. They—that's the oh. weird thing. <laughs> um but yeah we have some fun things planned for the. we're gonna be making some announcements here soon about some fun things we have planned for this year so Mm -hmm. make sure to follow us on social media and until next time for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm devin